I take a lot of pride in that. Um, it's kind of my trademark. It's what's gotten me to this point. Um, and it's what's, it's what's going to continue to help me build on my career. So um, it's what I work on every day. And uh, it's like my little baby. It's what I love doing. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 7th, 2021. That's my first crack. I don't know. Uh, my name is Phil Brosner. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That was Corey Kispert at the top of the show. Can you guess what we're going to talk about today? Uh, on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will hear from Corey Kispert. Gonzaga forward, who had a workout with the Orlando Magic, or break him down, break down what he could bring to the table for the Orlando Magic, where his shortcomings might be, um, but also where his strengths are, as, as I am fully committed this draft year to focus on what players can do rather than what they can't do. Um, I think that's a, that's a big distinction. I think sometimes we get too drawn into the weaknesses and we miss what these guys' strengths are and where they where they hope to build and continue to build is, is they're all unfinished products, even a, even a senior like Corey Kispert is. We'll get to Corey Kispert plus recap game one of the NBA Finals coming up on today's episode. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming to Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, um, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown? On the Phoenix Suns after their Game 1 win, check out Locked On Suns. Want to hear what the Milwaukee Bucks plan to do in Game 2? Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, that's right, check out Locked On Lightning to get you set for Game 5 as the Stanley Cup hopes to stay home in sunny, well, rainy Florida. Um, No matter who your team is, whether it's in any of those leagues, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. This episode, also brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our local Lockdown rooms. I usually do a Lockdown room. I will not be this week um, because of a scheduling conflict, um, but uh, I will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m., our usual time. Next Thursday at 5 p.m. Hopefully we'll have a coach by then. Um, for our regular Locked On Magic Spotify group. I hope to see you all there. Before we dive into Corey Kispert, um, I, I do want to recognize uh, what is going on here in the state of Florida. Um, Hurricane Elsa, I believe it's still a hurricane at the time of recording, uh, is making its way through the state. Um, while Central Florida and, and the Orlando area is looking to be relatively spared, we'll probably get maybe some tropical st- storm force winds or um, you know a few of the outer bands. Um, I do want to tell all my listeners in West Florida and along the Gulf Coast to please, please, please be safe. Um, I know that it's coming down right now, and certainly it looks like it's going to be moving quickly through the state of Florida, which is a good good thing in my opinion. Um, maybe it isn't, but I, I think it's usually good when those hurricanes move through fast. Um, but please, everyone, even though it is a weak Category 1 storm and Florida, Floridians are very, very hardened, to everything that's going on or very, very hardened to storms and these storms in particular. And the state's very, very good at preparing uh, and keeping everyone ready for storms. Um, please, please, please um, do everything you can to to be careful and uh, take it as, as seriously as is warranted. Um, that's why we stay safe is because we know how to handle these things. We take them seriously when they come and they do. we do not uh, cut corners. Um, so uh, as the hurricane moves through the state, please, uh, be safe and be careful. It'll be gone before you know it, and uh, we'll be back to what we do best, which is talking Orlando Magic basketball and, and 
doing other things, of course. Um, so all my Florida friends, please, please be safe over the next uh, few, over the next 24 hours. It'll be gone by gone by then. Over the next 24 hours, as uh, the hurricane comes through. The Orlando Magic um, usually don't make players available uh, for uh, uh, post draft workouts or for post draft interviews. Um, some of it, I think, is agent control. Um, some of it is the magic like to kind of operate a little bit in secret. So I was I was a bit surprised when I did get the invite uh, to to hear from Corey Kispert and and to, and we didn't get to see him work out at all, but to hear from Corey Kispert and, and to kind of get a little look into the draft process. Um, Corey Kispert has to be on the Orlando Magic's radar. Um, that, that there's just no way around it. Um, you know, after the news broke and uh, after the news was was able to be reported, I, I didn't report it until after the interview was done. Um, you know, uh, a couple a couple of the other reporters that were with me reported it as we entered the room. Um, a lot of the a lot of the conversation I saw was oh, Corey Kispert. You know, he he's fine. He obviously fills a need, but I wouldn't take a reach for him at eight. And, and I don't think eight's a reach for him at all. I think that's about the range that he's going to go. Um, but everyone was kind of looking at it and saying, this is a, a kind of low upside pick. And, and, and I will agree to that to some extent. But Corey Kispert is quite possibly the best shooter in this draft. You heard him talk at the top of the show about his shot, the thing that he is most known for, the skill that can get him into the NBA most of all. It's a guy who averaged 18.6 points per game as a senior, 64.4% effective field goal percentage, 44% from beyond the arc. A guy who, even though he was at school for four years, got better with each of his four seasons. He started as a freshman at 6.7 points per game with 35.1% shooting from deep. He's always a good shooter, but he's turned himself into an elite shooter, and that is why he is in this position to be considered with a top 10 pick. And obviously, the Magic have a need of shooting. They were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league last year. I believe they were 29th in the league in three-point field goal percentage. Um, and they have been a bottom, you know, except for the 2019 season when they finished 11th, which a little bit fluky. Um, the Magic have been a bottom half team in three-point shooting ever since Dwight Howard left in 2012. And the league has only embraced three-point shooting more after the Magic kind of kick-started that idea in 2009. Yes, I, I do think the Magic deserve credit for helping kick-start the three, or helping really proved that the three-point revolution could be a championship ticket or could be a way to win championships in this league. The Magic need three-point shooting, and so there is no way they should ignore the best shooter in this draft. But don't think, just because Kispert may never be a top guy or may never be a number one option, don't think that Corey Kispert is just some guy who's going to stand in the corner and just take jumpers or stand in the corner and wait for the ball to come to him. This is a guy who is able to shoot and score at really all three levels um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, yes, he has to work a little harder. Yes, he has to. you have to kind of spring him free. But this is a guy who can make shots all over the floor. And for a Magic team that desperately needs some offense, they need someone that not only can make those standstill shots, those spot-up shots, but someone who can prove to be more. And that's really what this draft process is, is about for Corey Kispert. Everyone knows he can shoot. Everyone knows he can hit that three-pointer. And, you know, there, there, I, I did see some people question maybe his shot form or shot release because um, I'm concerned that, that he wouldn't be able to get it off against NBA players. And, again, I told people this, like, look, it doesn't matter if you release from your hip. If you can get it off quick enough, it doesn't matter. If you can get it off quick enough and accurate enough, it doesn't matter. Kispert is able to get his shot off. He was, you know, able to destroy teams at the college level. He worked super hard off screens to get to get his open shots. And, yeah, he was on a really talented Gonzaga team that that pushed him to be better too, 
But Kispert is more than capable of fitting into any offense. The question then is what more can he do? And that's, again, what he's trying to prove and what he's trying to show in this draft process. Yeah, well, I'm way more than just a shooter. I mean, that's kind of what I, I moniker. That's what people label me as. Uh, but I can do a ton more than that. Um, it's, gonna, it's, it's my greatest weapon, sure. Uh, but, you know, I can do way more on the floor. I'm much more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster than, you know, people give me credit for. And I think once I, you know, step in the gym with people or they see me live, they'll be able to see that. That was one of the big things that Kispert learned through the draft process. He actually entered the draft last year and withdrew his name and returned to Gonzaga for a senior year. And he said that consistently every team around the league gave him the same feedback. And he was glad to get that feedback. And he glad the feedback was so similar. They asked him to uh, improve as a defender, to still you know continue to shoot the ball well. Um, but more importantly, to be able to put the ball on the floor and score in more varied ways. Like I said... This is a guy that's not simply going to stand in the corner, and that was proven throughout the year at Gonzaga. Gonzaga used him a lot off screens, where he'd come around screens hard and you know be able to hit shots on the move, or possibly even take one or two dribble pull-ups um, when guys when teams close out on him. And obviously, with NBA space, he'll have a little bit more room to do so. Where the things get really interesting is on the defense part. Kispert's probably not going to be an elite defender. No one's no one's gonna gonna say that. But he actually is a lot more athletic than he said, than he sounds. At the NBA Draft Combine, Corey Kispert ran a shuttle run, which is kind of a there and back again um, a, a drill, in 2.99 seconds, which was tied for second at the NBA Draft Combine with Scotty Barnes. Most of us would say Scotty Barnes is a good defender and a good um, and a good athlete. Kispert's other athlete athletic numbers. A lot better than you would expect. He was 11th, I believe, in the lane agility drill, which is a, a drill where a player runs up the key, shuffles across, go, runs backward, runs back up, shuffles across, runs runs backward. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of just a, a change of pace drill. And again, do these numbers, are these numbers definitive of anything? It's like the 40 time in the in, in the NFL. Like, yeah, it's nice that we can see how fast you are, but it's really about how quickly you get up to speed. And how quickly you know you can change speeds uh, and move, and, and so a, a drill like the shuttle drill or shuttle run would certainly suggest that Kispert can can move really quickly or a lot quicker than you would think. Um, and yes, uh, you know he's heard all these criticisms about him. So what the what you have in a guy like Kispert is someone who can shoot in multiple ways, score in multiple ways, guy who is sneakily more athletic than you might think. A guy who fits into a team concept really, really well. This is a guy who's had to fight for everything that he's had. He's had all these doubters, and, and there's still a lot of those doubters out there. This is a guy who has shown and proven time and time and time and time again that he will put in the work and put himself in a position to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I learned how to struggle, honestly. Um, you know, people who stay for four years generally don't have four amazing years because they're going to leave if they do. So um, I had to learn how to struggle. I learned how to work even when my game wasn't feeling its best. And, um, you know, that's going to happen in the NBA no matter who you are. And so, you know, those struggles, those times of you know, not having my game where I want them to be is going to be something that I lean back on, you know, throughout my entire career in the NBA, however long it lasts. Corey Kispert to me is a player the Magic have to have on their board. And fairly high, because like we all know and all understand, this Magic team needs shooters. They need guys who could just who can, who can spread the floor, 
cause the defense to think and open up that lane. The Magic have a lot of guys who can get to the get to the basket, get in the paint. They don't have guys who cause the defense to pause. They don't have guys with gravity. I often tell people that the threat of a shooter is actually probably more important than their actual field goal percentage. Terrence Ross causes earthquakes with his gravity, and he's like a 32-33% three-point shooter. Teams know he can get his shot off, and if the Magic are working, they can get him open, and he can go on a scoring binge. Terrence Ross's presence helps the Orlando Magic. Corey Kispert is not a tough shot maker in the same way that Terrence Ross is. He isn't going to be able to hit a ton of shots with close space. He's not going to be your number one option. He's not going to be a number one option on offense. And so, yes, his ceiling is kind of limited as an overall player. But it's also telling that the players that Corey Kispert admires most and the players that he watches most are Clay Thompson and Joe Harris. Kispert actually has had discussions and talked with Joe Harris um, because of a camp that he went to in Washington. If Corey Kispert can become Joe Harris, one of the best three-point shooters in the league and a killer weapon for that Brooklyn Nets team, a, a vital weapon for that team, that is a heck of a career. That is a heck of a run. Kispert can get there. He's got the size and he's got the talent to do so. The question is whether that is the right fit for what the Magic are going for. I've kind of noted that with the reason why I'm so high on Moses Moody, we talked about him on a previous podcast on Locked on Magic. You can go back in the archives and listen to that. The reason why I'm so high on Moses Moody is because he does have that experience and that potential to work off the dribble and be a bit more than just a spot-up shooter or just more than a shooter. Corey Kispert will be a shooter. But what you got to like about this kid, what you got to hope becomes reality if you do draft him, is he believes and thinks he can aim for a whole lot more. Again, that's exactly what you want to see from kids at this stage. We're going to talk about Game 1 of the NBA Finals coming up in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans, formerly Locker Room. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On Magic about once a week, so you can finally join in on the conversation listen to that you listen to here every single day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about legal fan finds just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Magic podcast through our Green Room conversation. So go download the Green Room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at P. Rossman Reich. That's P-R-O-S-S-M-A-N-R-E-I-C-H to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm not having a room this week, but I am planning to be back next Thursday Next Thursday at 5 p.m. So mark that on your calendars. Uh, That is July 15th at 5 p.m. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orlando Magic, so we'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA Finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. 
Game one of the NBA Finals in the books. The Phoenix Suns, your winners, up 1-0 in the series after a 118-105 victory over the Bucs. Um, if you've heard me talk about the playoffs, I don't know if I brought this, this concept up, but you've heard me talk about the playoffs. I often talk about kind of the rules of engagement. Um, in, in an NBA playoff series, it's, it's a push and pull. You're always trying to do what you do. You, you, you try not to make adjustments. You try to kind of just go through your base sets and see what works and what doesn't. Uh, and, and, and the team that has to change itself the most is usually the one that loses. Um, you know, obviously it's a push and pull. Team's going to make an adjustment. Other team has to adjust to it. There is, though, this kind of rule of engagement, though. There is one thing that... There's usually one team or one player that just has such a clear advantage that it forces change before you even get started. Um, and, and I think what we saw in Game 1 was the Phoenix Suns clearly are dictating the terms of engagement. Now, my prediction, my thought was that Giannis Antetokounmpo would, would create that kind of, that kind of, ter- that kind of a, a term of engagement, that he was such a, a difficult matchup and such a strange matchup for a team like Phoenix that, that does have some size and does, does match up really well with the other players on the Bucks roster. Giannis was, to me, the wild card. And the fact that he played in this game is both a, a, a miracle in a lot of senses, but incredible. And the fact that he played so well, you know, scoring 20 points, grabbing 17 rebounds, 6 for 11 shooting, um, the fact that he played so well was really, a, a, to me, a sign that 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 he's going to be a big factor in the series. So I think that Milwaukee's going to bounce back. I don't think this series is going to be anything quick. I, I still have Suns in six. But what was really interesting was to watch how the rest of the game played out. The Suns dictated the pace and the terms of this game. And it, be, it was because of Milwaukee's decision to switch on screens. For those that think the mid-range jumper is dead, let the Phoenix Suns dissuade you of that notion. Yes, Phoenix made 11 three-pointers, 11 for 34. They shot just 41 for 40, of 88 from the floor. But Phoenix was living in the mid-range. Any pick and roll involving Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez was switching. And honestly, I did not think Brooke Lopez did a terrible job. He was not dropping. The, the, the Bucks did not do a lot of their drop defense until the second half, and that's when Phoenix really took over. Um, he, he was essentially doing a good job holding his position, forcing Phoenix kind of out of its offense, or, or Phoenix was going out of its offense to kind of try and isolate him, and going for mid-range jumpers. The problem is, that's a fine strategy. I get it keeping Phoenix out of the paint, keeping Phoenix off the three-point line. That's, that's all well and good. Problem is, Phoenix is a really good mid-range jump shooting team. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, obviously great in pick and rolls, and, and there's certainly the argument that he should get more looks in the post, but Devin Booker is a fantastic mid-range jump shooter. Chris Paul might be the best mid-range jump shooter in the league, or if you know he's not the best, Kevin Durant might be the best. He is, he is one of the few guys where mid-range jump shots are efficient shots, where the, the numbers actually add up to say, yeah, Chris Paul taking mid-range jumper is a good shot. Um, now, you can't say that for everyone. Kevin Durant, you can say that for. He makes mid-range jumpers at such a high rate that, that it doesn't matter, that it's a good shot. Chris Paul was just having a ball. 32 points, 9 assists, 12 for 19, shooting 4 for 7 from the on the arc. He was doing whatever he wanted to do and getting wherever he wanted to go. Um, this, was, this was a route in, in that sense. And I am curious 
how Milwaukee changes. Because when they went to the drop coverage, when they, which is what they've been famous for, they do a really good job protecting the paint. That is like the core of Mike Budenholzer's defense is no points in the paint. Um, when they went to that drop coverage, um, the Phoenix feasted. Phoenix pulled away in the third and fourth quarters to to to, to get that win, to get the win and, and to and to get take the one zero series lead. It's really amazing to me how we've gotten to the point where yeah, Brooke Lopez is such a key factor to the game. Seventeen points, seven for fourteen shooting, twenty two fifty, uh, twenty three minutes of play. It's not that Brooke Lopez had a poor game. Suns were, but the Bucks were minus seventeen with him on the floor. Phoenix was very very clearly targeting him. And and he couldn't and he while he did do some offensively to to withstand that he didn't do enough. The other issue is Milwaukee just needs more scoring. Giannis had twenty, Chris Middleton had twenty nine, Brooke Lopez at seventeen, Drew Holiday at ten, and and that's really about it. Milwaukee just could not find consistent scoring, and especially Drew Holiday, he was so key in in games five and six against Atlanta. They need him to really boost his offensive production and continue to be aggressive getting to the basket. That's that's really the only way Milwaukee's going to win. So again. You get back to the terms of engagement. You get back to who is dictating the terms, who's dictating the pace. Phoenix is dictating everything. They got the depth. They were able to play at least Paul or Booker on the floor at all times, keeping pressure on the defense. They've got the supporting cast. You know, again, they had, Chris Paul had a big game. Devin Booker had a big game with with uh, 27 points. DeAndre Ayton had 22. Mikal Bridges on a 5-for-13 night had 14. Cam Johnson campaign off the bench at 10 each. Phoenix had better offensive weapons and, and their and their supporting cast showed up. Milwaukee's going to need they're gonna need those they're gonna need three guys, their three of their starters to have big games. They're gonna need one other player to step up, I think, to, to win this series or to have to win a game in this series. Um Phoenix is the one dictating the terms. And Milwaukee has to adjust to them. And frankly, the adjustment might well be start Bobby Portis. Lean more on Bobby Portis over Brook Lopez for the def- for defense. If, if switching is what they're going to do, if the mid range jumper is what they're going to do, if if how they play in the first half is what they want to live with jumper wise or shot wise, that may be just how they have to do it. But that's a whole lot easier said than done. Unfortunately, I don't think that that is such a clear cut thing to happen. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Milwaukee Bucks one eighteen to one hundred five to take a one zero series lead. In the NBA Finals, Game 2 will be Thursday night. We'll talk about that game again coming up on Thursday. Before we close out the show, I talked about this flavor before. We actually got a a, a promotional package. I have no idea what a grasshopper cookie is. Really, I, I don't know what a grasshopper cookie is. But if it tastes anything like the Built Bar that they sent us, I will have a grasshopper cookie. Or maybe I'll just stick to the Built Bar because the Built Bar tasted so good. Now you too get the chance to try this limited time flavor, the Built Grasshopper Cookie. It's available this week only, July 6th through 9th, so get it soon. You can get this new flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams, only 5 grams of sugar. It's one um, one, one of the amazing flavors that Built Bar has to offer, whether it's mint brownie, more traditional traditional flavor, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream. I love that cookies and cream one, by the way. It's fantastic. If you haven't tried the, all the flavors, you want to try them all, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine available flavors right now from Built Bar. Just like that grasshopper cookie, 
Most of these bars are extremely healthy too with 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar to only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you can have the same thing that they have. I don't know if you'll run faster, but you know, mind over matter, I suppose. So go to built.com today. Use that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Be sure to check out betonline.ag as well, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA Finals obviously going on, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action too. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Use that promo code Locked On to get this great deal. Also, be sure to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 beginning July 19th, presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring anal- analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough, our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_md. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun I on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at philiprr_md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Blossom. I'll see you all again next time for another episode. I'm not done yet.